size and shape. What is it that you like? How does a cigar fit you? How does it fit in the hand? How does it fit in the mouth? What about the entirety of the cigar? Does the shape make a difference to the smoke, make a difference to your enjoyment, to the flavor? The answer is, well, sure. It really depends on what that blender was thinking about. It depends on what it is that you like. It's eat, drink, smoke, or eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this is the God of Fire, Siri B, Diademos 56. The problem is there's no way this could be a Diademos. If I listen to the people at Cigar Aficionado, I'm smoking a Perfecto. So what's the difference and what are we looking at? Well, first, let's get to the cigar. This is a 56 by 5 and 3 quarter inch cigar. That's the Diademas. 56 referring to the ring gauge, right? How thick it is around. Tee-hee. Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And 5 and 3 quarter inch, that's how long it is. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter right there. This is a Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. This is dark. It is deep. And that wrapper, Fingers Malloy, that little bit of grit, that lovely bit of oil, everything you would expect from a God of Fire, the Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro, the Dominican binder and filler. Now, the conversation about the shape and whether or not it affects the smoke. This is, as they call it, a diadema. If I listen to Cigar Aficionado, a diadema has to be eight and a half inches or longer, and it has a tapered head, and of course has that kind of tapered foot, but it's a little bit open, so it doesn't come all the way to a, a point, right? So this was a little bit open, and when that happens, the, the burn has to kind of open up a little bit to the full width of the cigar, the 56, which is the ring gauge, really the diameter of the cigar, right? And it has to, it, it takes a while to get there. So the draw might be a little tighter at the beginning. And of course, we didn't do a straight cut on this as you would normally do on a cigar because it came to a point, like, like a pyramid wood, something like that. We did a V cut actually going into the cigar a little bit, but saving more of the cap so it's easier on the mouthfeel to smoke. Well, that, that's the question I was going to ask you was, we have smoked cigars before that had a tapered head, but we did straight cuts. What was it about this cigar specifically that you made, you'd say to yourself, you know what, I want a V-cut? It was to size. I looked at it, and, and I know that my my data here has it as a five and three quarter inch. I actually think it's a little bit bigger uh, of a cigar. I looked at the size of it and said, did I want to give up the cap? Mm. I know what I'm going to get. I know that God of Fire, it, for me, can do a lot of good. It's not always my smoke. Sometimes it's too big of a smoke for what I'm looking for. But I wanted to savor every bit of it. And I wanted to ensure that the draw that I was getting wasn't going to be impeded by that foot closure there at, at the bottom, which is you know how, how it was developed, like a, like a Parejo uh, kind, kind of shape. So I said V-cut. To make me give me the most opportunity for draw, to be able to 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 maximize the draw, and therefore not have any issue with how that foot works. Right, the foot is the end that you light from. Right, that's the foot. Now, now you know. This should be seen as a perfecto. A perfecto is a torpedo. Right, it's got that that points right at at, at the head of the cigar, and then it kind of gets a little bulbous, and then it comes to a, a, another point. But a Perfecto can go anywhere from four and a half to nine inches. So this should be a Perfecto. The problem is a Perfecto ring gauge is 38 to 48. And this, as we know, is a 56. Therefore, it fits in the diademas 
category, even though it's not the length to make it. That's confusing stuff. The real question is, how does it feel? So, Fingers, you're smoking it. We're in the first third right now. Where are you at? Well, first of all, it feels really great in your hand, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it's it's it just feels natural. Uh, the V-cut is interesting to me because we just haven't done very many V-cuts on the show. Uh, so uh, I'm not really noticing any difference that I, uh, in the draw that I would on a, on a straight cut. You would have to, you know, explain a little bit more as far as if, if you would notice a difference or not if you're a casual smoker. Uh, but the notes right away, um, you know, you've got the, the, the coffee, a little bit of pepper at the beginning, uh, but a very smooth smoke. Uh, and it's burning evenly and it's very well constructed. Yeah, it, it, first, the construction is going to be brilliant. And when you talk about it in the hand, it feels absolutely uh, right. Do I notice an easier draw with the V-cut? 14,000% I do. Yeah. That draw is absolutely simple. You're not working for it at all. But remember, it's it's it's, it's a width thing, right? If, if you're not used to it, mm-hmm. it's weird not to have the cut kind of going the full breadth of, of, of the cap. But that's just something to get used to, and people try it different ways. you got to try it for yourself and see if it works for you. It doesn't work for everybody. Okay, now here's a silly question. I'm going to ask it anyway because people are, are probably going to wonder. When you have the cigar and it's a V-cut and you put it in your mouth, should it be shaped like the V when it goes into your mouth? Does it really matter? Which oh, that way? makes no difference. Doesn't whether matter. it's on its side, whether it's horizontal or vertical, completely inconsequential. That's that's you. Where Where's your comfort level uh, in, in, in how it feels, what, what people would call the mouthfeel? Now, the Godifier, they do it right. They do it right each and every uh, time. I'm, I'm crazy cool impressed with what they've got going on and how they've got uh, it going on. You're right about, uh, I think, a little bit of that, that uh, pepper in the, in the beginning, right? Those Dominican flavors, they're, they're going to come through. Um, I always find that these, I get a little more of, a, of an overall tobacco kind of feel, which I adore. Right now, is everything about this screaming for coffee? Three quarters. Three quarters screaming uh, for coffee, for sure. Now, most people who listen to the show realize we start with bourbon. Usually, we start with bourbon. One of the things we noticed we were missing was being able to share the cigar experience all the way through. Because we were starting the cigar later. And we break a cigar into thirds. First third, second third, final third. We've got our notebooks and we, we, we write things down. What did you eat that day? What would you drink that day? Fingers Moy, what did you eat today? You just like had yourself like a, like a moment. Let me explain to you the benefits of intermittent fasting. Oh, dear God. I'm in my uh, six-hour window right now <laughs> where I can eat. So I had two double cheeseburgers uh, and uh, a fry from a fast food place that should be a sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio show, but it's not. So I'm going to refrain from mentioning the name. So, so that's, you had fast food? Yes. Two you had fast food. greasy cheese, double cheeseburgers and a fry. All right. Well, it might change how the cigar <laughs> feels for you. For sure. So we write all those things down. You want to keep a running tab of those things. The weather, that can change how you feel about the cigar. Right now, as we record, there's a bit of snow going on uh, uh, out there. But we wanted to be able to. We haven't gotten into second thirds and final thirds. Flavors do change. Things become intense. Things move away. New flavors come in, especially, you know, I always find that I'm able to, in those second thirds, really get into, am I getting a bit of nuttiness? Sometimes you're getting some some breads. Sometimes there are more of those hay and, and wheat notes. I'm not expecting any of that 
from here, uh, by the way. But certainly there are other things that will come and build with the cigar. This is the Godifier Serie B. And the Godifier Serie B has a lot to offer. Now, at 25 bucks a stick, it might not be in your humidor every day. But as a, hey, I want to treat myself, you will never, ever go wrong. And whether you're new or whether you're kind of developed at it, it offers something. They have something to say. And they're, and they're, and they're, t- I think they're doing a wonderful job at presenting what a big cigar can be in an easy way for you to enjoy it. The Godifier Serie B, the Diadema. We're going to get into this right here. This is Eat Drink Smoke. And all the talk about the Godifier, I forgot to mention, it was from Arturo Fuente. Oh, I, I feel bad that I didn't mention it. Eat Drink Smoke. Good to be with you. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy and uh, Cigar Aficionado putting out the top 25 cigars of 2020 oh. right here. What? I thought you were calling me a cigar aficionado. I was, and I was not, like, no, I wouldn't go that far. In no way was I was I doing that. Now, remember something when you see these lists. These lists are not real, meaning they're good ideas, meaning that you might want to try some of them, but it doesn't mean that you're going to agree. There is no way that you're going to agree. Now, this is the top 25, and I will tell you there are some on the list that I haven't had, but I trust the name so much that I can't wait to it. Can't wait to do it. Number 24, for example, is the Herrera Esteli Miami. Now, Herrera Esteli, I'm from the guys at Drew Estate, man, that is a wonderful, wonderful smoke at a very, very good uh, uh, price point. Haven't we done a a Herrera Esteli? We have done a Herrera Esteli. We have done a couple, I believe, of Herrera Estelis. They're just adding to the name. Drew Estate is most known for Liga Pravada, the number nine, the T-52. And I will tell you, and I will tell those guys, if I have a chance to smoke almost anything in their line outside of the number nine in the T-52, I'm going to do it. uh, I'm a fan of the Ratzilla, the Year of the Rat, the L-40 is a cigar I like. I happen to, I used to, I, I can't say it's true anymore. I used to think the Feral Flying Pig was the best constructed cigar I have ever smoked in my life. Well, things like the God of Fire have kind of replaced <laughs> that in that way uh, for me. So if you like a, a, a bigger smoke, definitely something to do. And this is a smart place on the list. Number 17 on the list, which we reviewed, the Camacho Nicaragua Robusto. And for the money, 150%. They ranked this at 17th uh, in their top 25 with a rating of 94. The price point on this is under $10. Oh. And we've done both the Barrel Aged, which was really terrific, and we've done the Nicaragua. Was that the Triple Maduro? No, the Triple Maduro is the Triple Maduro. This is the orange label. I mean, the, it was a Camacho Triple Maduro, right? A Camacho is a Triple Maduro, correct. Yeah. Camacho is also the Nicaragua here. Okay, you were asking about the name. Yes, yes. Camacho, Camacho does the we did Triple a Cam- Maduro. I mean, but the, the, we've only done one or two Camachos on the show. Well, we've done the Candela. We've done a, we, we have actually done more than we, we should go back. Right. The best of Camacho <laughs> on Eat, Drink, Smoke. How great is it? When you smoked so many cigars on a show, you don't remember. Right. Thank goodness we're getting the website all populated with everything we've ever done. <laughs> and that's EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This cigar is a fine choice and should be on a top 25 list. They did a great job with a really easy price point 
enjoyable smoke. And I know for you, the triple Maduro was one of your top three favorites. Yes, I enjoyed it very much. And I I think that we, and again, everything kind of runs together for me. Uh, there was a long time, if we had done a Camacho, we stayed away from it. Not for any reason other than it just didn't, it just didn't happen for us. Uh, but we just did that later in 2020, and I really enjoyed it. Now, there's some, as we look through the, the list here, where I like the brand, but I don't specifically know the cigar. Number 23 is La Flor Dominicana 1994 Mambo. I think La Flor does wonderful cigars. One of the ones that I raved about was a cigar formerly known as, or TCFKA. Uh, and then it's a big M. And if I understand the story right, it used to be called, I think, the Mysterio, the Mysterioso. And then there was a, well, there was a lawsuit basically over the name. So they changed it to the cigar formerly known as. And that is a uh, a, a perfecto shape, right? It's tapered as a torpedo uh, on, the, on the cap end and it comes down to a point. I think that cigar is wonderful and terrific. And so when I see the, the 1994 Mambo on there, I'm like, okay. I will check that out. When we get into the top 10, there is a brand called Henry Clay, which I guarantee you, you have seen in cigar shops and have said, I'm not smoking that because it doesn't look right. You should absolutely be buying Henry Clay cigars. You should be trying Henry Clay cigars. Uh, this is Honduran with um, a binder of, of uh, Connecticut Broadleaf. It's an Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran filler. This cigar averages around seven bucks. You will be absolutely happy with what Henry Clay puts forth. It's one of the reasons I so like this list, Fingers. As we have discussed, People get this idea of name or get this idea of price as the way to think of cigars, and it's garbage. It's no way to think of cigars. Yeah, you know, uh, we stayed away for a long time from punch. I don't know if we've done uh, one or two punches, but I'm a big fan. Uh, it, it's not on this list, but it was on the list in, in 2018, the punch after dinner. Right. Uh, was I believe the, it was in the top 15 of, of 2018 for Cigar Aficionado, and it's like, it's like six bucks a stick. And it's a Churchill. Because of those conversations, I've started going through and finding them. And one of them I found is actually the Punch Grand Puro, which is a Churchill, which we will do in the very, very near future as a review and talk about that. Number eight on this list is the Oliva Siri V Milanio, which if it isn't in your humidor, the level of mistake you're making is crazy. This is Nicaraguan with an Ecuadorian uh, wrapper. It is a gorgeous looking smoke. It is a gorgeous smoking smoke in terms of the amount of smoke that comes off of it. I have never had a bad draw off an Oliva Serie V. Now, there's the G and the O. These are other brands, and they're more, I guess, more value, if you will, in terms of lower price points. For me, they're not even worth smoking. And I know you disagree with me on that, Fingers. Well, I, I enjoy uh, a Serie G, especially when I'm out grilling. You know, it, like you said, it's, it's more of a value stick. Um, you can get through it in 40 minutes. And uh, I, I, I find it very uh, delightful to smoke. Uh, but I, I don't know if I've ever had uh, the Siri V Churchill. It's a, yeah, it's a 7 by 50 And it's, it's just, it's so easy and wonderful. And pick your pair. It's one of the few cigars where really and truly you can pick your pairing. You want to do it with coffee? Go ahead. You want to do it with your strongest bourbon? Go ahead. You want to do the, the Oliva Siri V with brandy? Go ahead. There's really nothing I have found that it cannot match itself 
two. By the way, punch is on the list. The punch short to punch, right? But this is the Cuban. So ah. you may not be able to find it uh, where where you are. Number three on this list, uh, the Padron 64 anniversary. I'm a fan. This one happens to be one of the, the, the shorts. It's called the Hermoso. It's a 4x56, usually not what I smoke. Very much in that nub shape. Yeah. Very, very short cigar. Well, again, that's another one that's so grill-friendly. If it's a weeknight and you know uh, you don't have a lot of time but you want to enjoy something, I like that size. You know, you can knock it out in half an hour. The number two on this list is the Fuente Fuente Opus X Double Robusto. The 5 and 3 quarter by 52. It's Dominican uh, throughout... We're talking about $17, $20 a stick here. You know, this is one of those where they rank it as 90. They give it a 97 points on Cigar Aficionado. I, this is this goes to the person. It's I'm not opposed to the Opus X. And they're number one on the list. I have never tried the EP Carrillo Pledge prequel. I It's been a long time since I've had an EP Carrillo. With 98 points, Nicaraguan filler, the binder from Ecuador, and it's a Habano, uh, Connecticut Habano wrapper. If you've had it, we want to hear about it. But this is Cigar Aficionado's list. It ain't bad. This is worth all trying. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The podcast, if you're not already listening to it. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever fine podcasts are sold. The God of Fire, Siri B. This is the Diademus. So it is a uh, six, I'm sorry, five and three quarter by 56 cigar. And starting to just slowly finish that first third, creep into that second third. And uh, there is no discernible spice that I'm getting. There is this little weird touch of fruit. That's super enjoyable. Maybe I would consider it a sweetness going along with some just luxurious tobacco. With that 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 Maduro wrapper, there is nothing that isn't enjoyable at this moment with a cigar. Yeah, getting the tobacco notes and still for me, uh, you know, that initial pepper subsided probably because I got used to it. Uh, but uh, cocoa notes, um, coffee notes. That's what I'm getting. Is the, yeah. Well, maybe that's it, right? The, the, the idea of sweetness sometimes plays in different ways. Cocoa usually comes up a little more pronounced for me in, in that in that chocolate style, but maybe not like chocolatey. Right. Right. It's the best way to do it. So when I when right now, I'm telling you, it, it, it's it's a weird little kind of cool fruit thing. Maybe it's a honey thing. I, I don't I don't I'm not sure where that flavor is, but enjoyable. Oh, dear Lord. In enjoyable. And and. As at a cigar like twenty five dollars a stick, uh, five and three quarter inch, I, I don't know if this works for everybody in terms of uh, a uh, a value, but in terms of expanding your palate, this is how it's done. Well, I got to tell you, this probably wouldn't be in my humidor, but where it would be is in on my list of a cigar I would want to get when I go to a place like Blend Bar Cigar. When I'm going to a cigar lounge and I want to sit back and have a nice, enjoyable smoke, I'm willing to spend a little bit more, and this really hits the spot. And we're going to be pairing this with the Sazerac Rye coming up in just a little bit. But it's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. So, Tony, Buffalo Trace's Double Eagle Very Rare Bourbon is making a comeback in 2021. It Uh, will be as gone as fast as it hits a shelf 
if it indeed hits a shelf. Yeah, so it's 20 years old. Uh, it's aged on uh, the lower floors of the Buffalo Traces Historic Warehouses. It'd be about 101 proof. Um, and it's going to be pricey. This is all according to Whiskey Wash. $2,000 a bottle. Yeah, here's going to be the weird thing. Sold out in seven seconds. <laughs> and actually, I don't know if they're crazy. I have had a bit of a turn on the idea of is it worth it? We've talked about this before. And, of course, you know, a bourbon is worth what you're willing to pay for it. And very often there are bourbons that if you can find them, they, they sell at their regular price. And then there's this whole, like, secondary and tertiary market thing, which we do not condone. Our, our lawyers told us to say that. Uh, and and it's it's crazy what these bottles go for. But if a group of people wanted to go in on an interesting evening, right, and you're going to pour yourself two fingers – Right? <laughs> See what I did there, yeah, fingers? Yeah. How many pours could you get out of a bottle? Right? 750 bottle, 750 milliliter bottle. How many pours do you get out of, of, of that? Uh, for me, three. <laughs> for a normal American. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you take this $2,000 and, and, and you divide it by 10 friends. All of a sudden, it's not a bad night. Or don't get me wrong. It's still a $200 night. But you see how that works? Utilizing the bottle to the idea of the experience to be able to share in that with friends and then share what it is you're experiencing out of it. As long as you're not trying to get hammered, but you're sipping, hot damn. Well, so much of what we talk about is having a good story. And isn't that a good story? I mean, especially when you were younger, you, you, you know a lot of people that will maybe go down to Miami and they'll blow two, three, four, five hundred dollars easily on a night at the club. Right. You know, to, to be able to do something like that, that would be... That would be interesting. But then who gets to keep the really nice bottle after it's empty? Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave that to others. The last thing I need is another tchotchke in my house. <laughs> I don't need. I mean, it does. It does. It's, is, it, is that a glass top or is that like a leaded crystal it's just, top it's, with the eagle yeah. flying out? Hand-blown crystal decanter. See, featured, so that's so that's so someone can pay an extra hundred bucks to defer, defray the cost. Yeah, it features two sculpted crystal glass eagles. So... Yeah, that's the thing. At the, I guess whoever's sober at the end of the night <laughs> gets to grab the bottle and, and run out the building. That, that's all I'm saying. I, I think that when, when you see a price like that, you're like, oh, who's going to spend $2,000? Once you rethink it and you're like, how can we enjoy it because it's something we enjoy, you, you get a whole new thing. I think it's going to be great. I'm going to look for it. There's there's absolutely positively no way I'm going to find a bottle. What's the but if I do, we'll do it here. What's the most expensive uh, drink you've ever purchased? Because I, I went out with friends to a cigar lounge. Had to have been, my gosh, now looking back at it, it was 15 years ago. And I, I don't remember if it was Johnny Walker Blue or... Oh, I enjoy Blue. Uh, but it was something like, he, he sat down... And it may not be Johnny Walker Blue because I don't know what the market price is for that, but I know it's very expensive. Uh, and it was it was something ridiculous, like $150 for a shot. And he's like, give me one of those. And I thought to myself, wow, a moment on the lips, uh, $150 off your out of your wallet. You know, right. but I, I, what's the most you've ever... That's a good question. And since I am not a big drinker, I'm a sipper, right? If, if, if I have spent... Forty dollars on a bourbon before in a, in a in a lounge in a bar. That's that's totally possible. Yeah, uh, for me. But when I do it, I want to be able to enjoy it. I want to know what it's telling me. So those moments are are rarer for me because I'm doing that here. I'm doing that at home, 
right? Um, Things like that, as opposed to going out and saying, yeah, let me impress with the $150 thing. However, if it was something really rare and I couldn't find anywhere else, I absolutely positively would do it. I think there are moments to, you know, to, to say, screw it. I'll have the story. The, the the money will come back to me one day. I'll have the story. So I I can't think of anything where I said, "Oh, let me tell you the story about the time I, the time I gave up one of my children." But oh, I only hope they're happy wherever they are now. <laughs> I don't have one of those. But boy, that hard seltzer was good. My gosh, it wet the whistle. <laughs> it wet the whistle. It certainly did. Next story. Quickly, uh, Tony, we talked previously about the the whole GameStop story and how people jumped on that stock. Well, one person uh, who wanted to uh, remain anonymous uh, collected uh, quite a king's ransom ransom and decided he was going to use some of that money uh, to to help out the less fortunate. So he bought 10 Nintendo Switches, purchased them from GameStop, and uh, gave them to a medical center, uh, a children's hospital. In Dallas Fort Worth. Sweet, good on him, good on him. I want to know how much he made on the GameStop, GameStop stock because I, I want you to know I did not make money on the GameStop stock. Oh, I also did not have GameStop. Stock. Oh, um, but I, I, when that all broke, like went nuts. I'm like, I did buy one of the stocks. I won't say which one. I won't get into because uh, I, I wanted to see what happened. And uh, then, so this is a true story. This actually happened. Because if you look at my account, it's sitting there. I bought one of the stocks that they were talking about. All right, let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes and how it comes together. And then there was all this talk about Robinhood app and some of the other apps weren't allowing you to buy some of these stocks. I'm like, is my app stopping me? So I went and I put in this super low price and, and, and said, oh, look, all right, can I buy this? I was like, oh, look, I can buy it. And then I went to, to, to go cancel the order. Right, because I put it in super low. It wasn't at that price. Between the time I tried it and the time I canceled, the price dipped and I bought more. <laughs> so right now I'm not buying any bourbon whatsoever. <laughs> right, my portfolio is not looking as good uh, as, as it was uh, just a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I kept watching the stock channels and they were talking about uh, the, these people that are doing this. They're treating the uh, the stock market like a casino and it's not a casino. And then I was watching all the day trading and I was looking at it. I was like, oh my gosh, it feels just like a casino. It's totally I, a casino. I want to get in. I want in. I want in. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, uh, uh, we don't give stock advice. Don't ever listen to me about stock advice. <laughs> but the, 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 the stopping of trading for some people, I, that's just wrong. That yeah. is just wrong. It, it, whether you think that the people on Reddit were manipulating the stock, well, that could be something different. You could sue those people if you chose. But some people can trade and some people can't. No, 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 no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. Viva la GameStop. <laughs> I don't know where that stock price is now. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So it's not just White Castle where you go to get your Valentine's Day love. Oh, no, no, no. Now you can go to Lowe's. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there. America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Lowe's Fingers, where I know that's where you met your third wife. Is that not... Is that not right? Do you think your wife's listening right now and asking questions? Did I just make it awkward in the Fingers household? What are we talking about? Lowe's is having a night for Valentine's (laughs) that you are just going to love. You and the missus. A night... Of romance, right? Not a night of romance. It's a night of romance. 
I see what they did there. You see what they did? You see what they, they, they did? Ten, Lowe's locations in 10 select metro areas for 50 lucky couples in total. So it's not just uh, anybody. You can uh, go to the Lowe's website. You can register for a chance to win. Couples get hosted in a dedicated area of the store. It, you'll get you'll, you'll have a toast. I'm assuming there's a little thing to drink there. There will be light bites paired with a paint menu courtesy of HGTV Home by Sherman Williams Colors. And then you'll be guided to a paint zone complete with splash painting supplies and a blank canvas where you will be able to take home your artwork. Um, and then, of course, you can have sex right there. Sha-la-la-la. <laughs> uh, okay, here, here, here are the uh, areas, right? Uh, Chicago, uh-huh. Denver, Fernand, Fernandina, wait, Fernandina, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-I-N-A, Beach, Florida. I have no idea where that is. It's in Mo- Florida. It's in Florida. Milwaukee, Nashville, uh, New Orleans, Palm Beach, Providence, Rhode Island, Savannah, Georgia, and the San Francisco Bay Area. So you can go and you can see if you can win. So, okay, admittedly, I can't pronounce, pronounce the name of this town. I don't know why. When they wrote Providence in this article, they put Providence R.I. and then in parentheses, Rhode Island. We have to have a full stop. <laughs> You think I'm going to talk about this ridiculous thing? Congratulations, Lowe's. I hope you get people to fill in the applications. It'll be great. Oh, I had so many hot takes on this. Go ahead. We'll get to those in a second. Here's mine. People don't know R.I. is Rhode Island? Apparently, according to Fox Business, people don't know that R.I. is Rhode Island. (laughs) I'm, I'm so angry. I shouldn't be this angry. They should put warning labels on this story. That that was the saddest part of the whole story. Were you triggered? <laughs> Did that trigger you? Is that what happened? Well, I went back to my cigar. There, Whenever you see a stupid uh, warning label or a stupid sign hanging on the wall and you think to yourself, well, why is that sign there? It's probably there because something stupid happened and they had to put a sign up there. There were probably people looking at stories going, R-I, and then in the comments, what's an R-I? I don't know what that is. It's like when McDonald's has to put on the coffee cup. Contents are extremely hot. Mm-hmm. I'm out. And I know it's because of, there's the urban myth of the lawsuit and, 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 and other things. That didn't happen? The woman didn't I'm spill not, it? So the story is the woman spilled coffee on herself and then sued because she didn't know it would be hot. And... And we should have known then that America was in for bad times. That was the beginning of the end, historians say. But I don't I don't know if the story is 100% true, if it became a little bit of urban myth. Was it tea? <laughs> is, that what, is that what it was? Wasn't coffee? <laughs> uh, I, but th- those are the kinds of things where you're like, this is not this is not right. We're better. We're better than this. Are we not better than this? No, we aren't better than this. <laughs> so are you going to go to Lowe's? Like, like is okay, this is, this is why this is... And listen, first of all, I could spend hours in Lowe's and never right? get bored. Love it. You know what? A great place to go at, at Lowe's? The grill section. Just telling Stop. you. Stop. Leave me alone. But Leave I could spend... I haven't gotten a grill. I hours. still don't have one. I could spend hours in Lowe's. To me... This is 
a true life example of there's an internet meme that is quite popular that's shared all the time where it's uh, a young man and a young woman walking and they're holding hands and he's got his back turned looking at a woman that passed it by and he's he's kind of got a wow look at that look right. and the girl that he's walking with holding hands is disgusted that's what this is right here because you're going to take your significant other <laughs> to Lowe's where all you're going to want to do in Lowe's is look at everything else other than this stupid canvas that you got to humor the little lady with oh that's, oh yeah wouldn't it be great we'll throw paint on it you know what you're doing you're looking at uh locks over there you're looking at uh power tools <laughs> yeah yeah uh, what is that six horsepower right and and then she's like pay oh. attention we're here to this valentine's day and we were supposed to paint and you're looking over there at the the power saw Did if you, you ever want to know what it was like to be tim the tool man taylor <laughs> by the way tim allen and richard karn are starring in a new show on History Channel called Assembly Required. So Tim Allen's Tim the Toolman Taylor and Richard Car- Richard Richard Carn played Al Borland, a hit show. There, so the sh- they are the hosts of this reality show where people have to put things together, right? Or they're going to put them together. I'm not sure how it goes. Brilliant! Just those two working together, people just for the kitsch. People are going to watch, except I think it's going to be a good show because I think Tim Allen is pretty committed to actually doing good TV. Yeah, I think you're right, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, usually when you see something like this, a, a reboot or a remake, you're like, oh gosh, do they really have to go back to that well? But that looks good, and I got to tell you, I I finally saw the full trailer to the new Coming to America movie. It's so good, it's stupid. Yeah, it's going to be good. And when they first announced they were going to do this, I was like, oh, this. Oh, this isn't going to be good. So this is, you know, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. The movie, the first movie was 30 years ago. And so now the the the, the remake, it's not even a remake. It's a part two. Uh, he has a son in America that he didn't know he had. And he goes about finding the son, brings him back. And can he be king? And then there's a whole family intrigue thing. The trailer's spectacular. Yeah. Like, they really made the, a great movie. They go back to the barbershop, and if you're familiar with the movie, there's a lot of funny things that went on in the barbershop in the original one, and now, apparently, the son has an uncle, and the uncle is going to be Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Who is comedic gold. Uh, I, I it's That movie is going to be beyond blockbuster. It, they're they're going to prove that you don't need to be a superhero movie in order to do it. The problem is... It's Eddie Murphy, right? That's the kind of power that you need. I'm actually happy to see Arsenio Hall mm-hmm. in, in, in the movie and, and back because I, I never had an issue with Arsenio Hall. I didn't have an issue with him as a talk show host. Or we may disagree about a bunch of things. We may agree about a bunch of things. But I haven't seen him do, you know. Uh, he did one of the more amazing things in the history of talk, uh, you know, TV, right? TV talk shows. There were the riots going on in California. Right, so this was Rodney King Ryan, I believe, ninety two. I think that's. I think you're right about the year, and he still did his show. People were afraid to be in LA, and he was downtown in the studio with whoever showed up and did the show. Man, that was that was some definitely edgy, solid thing. Remember, it was Arsenio's show where where Bill Clinton played saxophone, right? And that's how he got the nomination. Yeah, it was playing saxophone on Arsenio Hall. That's what they, that that was revolutionary and evolutionary 
in, in, in the world of politics. So I'm very happy to see him. I think the movie's going to be a crazy hit. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, now I'm having all these flashbacks. You know, you and I are very similar in age, and also I think similar in taste back then. I was a big Johnny Carson guy, right? You know, David Letterman. Uh, but I, I would tune into Arsenio because Arsenio would have the younger, you know, musical acts and stuff. It was hipper, and that was one of the, the criticisms of Johnny at the end was, well, he's you know he's in his sixties now, and it's probably one of the reasons why NBC ended up pushing him out. Ah, he had the money. I don't think he felt bad about it. It's the God of Fire Serie B. We are into the second third here with this cigar. Kind of spice is kind of picked up a, a little bit. Still with that lovely rich uh, tobacco. A touch of, of fruit. We're going to see how well this pairs with a Sazerac rye. That's coming up. The podcast. Apple Podcast and Amazon Music. This right here is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I love rye, the bread, and the whiskey. And a rye whiskey is not something that I grew up with. As a matter of fact, you didn't grow up with it. Your grandfather grew up drinking rye. You learned about bourbon, and rye was something that was just for a generation gone by. It's not supposed to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. And in doing this show, I have come to love rye in an irrational, irrational way. Some of that spice that it brings, an actual sweetness that I get out of it. It's just a different way to look at what what alcohol can be, what that whole process is like, and how an artist like these distillers see the product, those grains, and decide, what can I do with this? This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And this is Sazerac Rye. Now, this doesn't make any sense to pair with a God of Fire Serie B uh, Maduro cigar. And part of the reason is I want to see if contrary forces play uh, together. So first, when you're talking about a rye, a bourbon is 51% corn. Rye is, well, 51% rye. That's exactly what it is. You can play with rye. In a couple of different ways. Sazerac comes from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. This is a six-year-old rye. It is 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. So it's easy, easy to do. And it's got this really, that is a lovely nose, dude. I don't know about you, but I I take a a sniff, if you will, of, of, of Sazerac. And I'm like... This is just a, a, a just, it's just an enjoyable bit of flavor. Yeah, for me, it's citrus and dark fruit together. That's what I'm getting on the nose. Uh, yeah, what, what are I you can feeling? See that it's it, it. First of all, the citrus is there. That orange, I think, is wonderfully pronounced. But there's also an additional sweetness that goes that goes with it. Rise are are kind of interesting in that uh, rise in the in the Midwest. I find are sweeter than rye in uh, on the East Coast, right? Uh, it has something to do with the water, as as I see it, and as I've read other people just d- discuss it, right? Uh, I find East Coast rye to have a, a, a bigger a spice. They're the rye, for example, the guys at Whistlepig do, where I'm like, this. I don't. I don't even know what I'm drinking when I when I do Whistlepig, and I, I admittedly I shy away from it because it just. It, it doesn't work for me as well as some of the things like this, like the Sazerac does. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've heard people say that about bagels. 
and how on the East Coast, you, you, you listen, your your pizza snobs, you know, your your, <laughs> your pizza snobs, your bagel snobs. But one of the things that I, I hear is, well, it's it's probably the water. Well, there's no there. doubt that that's true, right? All those baking recipes that that came from the East Coast and then migrated out with people were based on the water that you had, and, and it's and it's all chemical. And before right? everybody starts tweeting, I mean, science. I love the East Coast. I love no, no, everything no, about. No, the you East can make fun Coast. of the East Coast. It's totally fine. They're used to it. They don't care. And and you know what? We're we're better off for doing it. Sazerac, I think, gives you something lovely, especially when you can find bottles. For $25, $26 a bottle. Oh, that's nice. So if you've never really entered that rye world, I think Sazerac is a great way to do it. Now, we do this. We've got it in the Glen Cairn glass, right? So that's a, a special designed glass to really give you a, a chance to kind of move it around, take a look at it in the light, see what it is. This is a very light amber, uh, a light golden, light amber uh, kind of color here, almost pale. Is this typical? In, in a way, you're you're more the rye guy. Is this a, a typical look for I, everybody's a rye? different? Just like bourbons, we we've had bourbons that are very light. We've had bourbons yep. that are wonderfully rich, almost have a red hue uh, to them. It's it's really about where they 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 wanted uh, to do it. That nose though is mm, just absolutely lovely, and not an alcohol, not an ethanol kind of hit to it. It's a very, very easy thing. You ready to go, Fingers Malloy? Absolutely. I'm, I'm doing my best not to ash my cigar right now. I've yeah, got nice that's very going. impressive. He's got a full that's an inch and a half of ash right there in a, in a, in a, in a, in a point he's got it to. Yes, but impressive. I'm, I'm always nervous because we've got a lot of sophisticated equipment here and I don't want cigar ash flying all over our stuff. Well, don't ruin anything. Grab your drink. This is the Sazerac Rye. Fingers Malloy getting ready to take the sip. To do uh, what's known as the Kentucky Chew, how you move it ar around the mouth, really try and get those flavors going. Very often I find myself taking two sips, the first to really kind of get the taste buds correct, and then we'll see what the flavor is. Okay, here's what's interesting. Uh, first of all, just a, a, a tad sting on the tongue. Nothing um, outrageous. 90 proof, so you're not going to get... Uh, that kind of burn that you would get on, say, like uh, a Jack Daniels single barrel, <laughs> 130 some odd proof. Uh, just a little sting on the tongue. But the thing that I notice on this, you, you still get that citrus, um, that dark fruit, but a little bit of vanilla. Okay. On it too. Uh, very enjoyable. And again, twenty six dollars a bottle. Remember, you're still in the barrel, right? You're still you're still in that oak barrel, and 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 all of those things. It's just. The mash bill, that's what it's called, right? What is it? What is uh, what is the, the rye content or the core content or the bar, whatever, whatever in there, right? It's that, it's just 51% rye. Yes, $25, $26 a bottle. Yes. Okay, so. That's a, that's a yes. Yeah. Wow. That, that is a yes. So that you get vanilla. That was the point, the reason I brought it up. That you would get vanilla makes perfect sense. Yeah. That it could come from it. Okay, so Tony's. Did I interrupt your flow there? No, you're fine. No, did I? I got a subtle flow. <laughs> I'm fine. All right, here we it's go. all right. Here we here go. Here we go. So Tony's going in. He's doing the Knoxville knockback. And I don't know why all these are Tennessee. <laughs> the Memphis Munch. <laughs> the Chattanooga. <laughs> he's got a name for all of them. Oh, oh dear God. Ooh. Oh, that's candy. And there is a great amount of vanilla in there. There's this nice bit of, of, of orange and a little bit of dark fruit. Oh, and that finish, that linger on the tongue is so, is so nice. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm going to move it to a cube just to see where it opens up. But I know Sazerac. I know this rye. And I can do this neat and never, ever think twice. Okay, so here's what I'm noticing, too, is this oh, has that is really, lovely. for me, toned the God of Fire down a little bit. <clears throat> right. Um, I'm not saying that it's harsh, but there was still that that spice that the, you know, the 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 pepper kind of came back for me uh, with the God of Fire. And I took a couple of sips of this and then went to my cigar and it's really mellowed that that spice out a lot. So this rye is a great rye to start with because it has that rye spice mixed with this glorious bit of, of, of sweet and sweet that plays on a couple of levels. The cigar, we're doing the God of Fire Siri B, uh, the Diadema, and it's 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 the Maduro wrapper, and it's got the, it's it's just a lot of of big tobacco with that slight hint of spice, which came back in the second third of the cigar. Yeah, I don't want to say that spice was overpowering in the cigar; it's not, but it's definitely subdued a little bit by so the rye. This is not a, a mix of sweet and spice that you're really getting in 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 the in the rye itself. It's this it's this mix of big and smooth between these two that it, I'm enjoying the daylights out of it. Sazerac rye should be in your liquor cabinet. A great way to start yourself into the world of rye from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. I'm gonna I guarantee you this will be done. I'm gonna do another. This is Eat Drink Smoke. We asked the question, and you answered the call, and the dip is coming. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy right there. Not the dip. <laughs> Rotel dip. Ah. I didn't know what it was. We did the story last week of the most searched uh, big game. Don't want to get sued. <laughs> big game this weekend. Big game. The most searched foods that you would... Uh, eat or how to make for the big game. You, you know what I mean by big game, Fingers Malloy? It's the big game. Big game. Big curling match. Yes. Right there. And in, uh, you know, the, the, there were weird things like in Indiana it was ham and cheese sliders. And we're like, that doesn't, I, I, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what to do with that. Can we be honest? Sure. First of all, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The name of the show should be Eat, Drink, Smoke Lists. <laughs> Because we, we love do. lists on the show. And we find these lists, and this list was completely bogus. Bogus. Some of the stuff on the list. Okay, you said, for Indiana, we're here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. Love Indiana. Lived here over 20 years. Ham, ham and cheese slider? I've never had a ham and cheese slider in Indiana in my entire life. And believe me, if you put a ham and cheese slider in front of me, I would inhale it right now. <laughs> Never. But you never had to look up how to make it, right? <laughs> well, yeah. gee, where are the ingredients? <laughs> what are they? But in, in, in searching and looking at this list in Alabama, it was Rotel Dip. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't know what Rotel Dip is. And, and afterwards, uh, Fingers was like, you really don't know what Rotel Dip is? Like, he, he knew. And first of all, if you know, you got to share. But I didn't know what it was. And, and, and people heard the show and started sending us their recipes. So Rotel is 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 this can, and the brand name is Rotel, right? Yes. And it's tomatoes. It's tomatoes, and you can get a different like mix of... I, I believe there's like uh, peppers and stuff in it. I, mm -hmm. I am not in the Rotel market normally because it looks kind of healthy. I don't know. 
like tomatoes. Turns out there's a mild and a medium and uh, a hot with different peppers in it. And you mix it with Velveeta cheese and you melt it all together. And then some people said, if you want to really do it right and make it this almost sexual experience, you add a crumbled up country breakfast sausage. Or you add ground beef. Okay. Or you add shredded brisket. I could see that. I, mean, I could see all of them. I mean, I'm not, but man, shredded biscuit. Biscuit. Bris- brisket. I'll tell on a biscuit. Absolutely yes. a dream come true. I know, I know you said brisket. But I w- hey, listen, a shredded biscuit makes everything better, too. So I didn't know what this was, and people got to the, to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke, and they gave us recipes. And so we are going to do a video of this. And we will post it of making the Rotel dip and what I think and, and what you think. And holy crap, we got a lot of recipes. So thank you, everyone, who, who hit us up on Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke uh, to be able to, you know, they hit us up on mes- Messenger and we got, you know, emails and stuff. And, and I, at this point, we have so many recipes. Uh, how are we going to choose which, which one we're going to I go with? I think we're going to go with what's on the back of the can of the Rotel. <laughs> And do it, you know. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it a simple way, and then we're gonna do it maybe with like like a a, a meat of some kind in there. Uh, it's and, and uh, we really do appreciate sending the recipes. We're working on some some actually some cookbooks right now. So if you have any good baking recipes with beer or bourbon, we want those. Uh, so you can reach to us through the Facebook page. You can email fingers fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Uh, you can email him, fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. And we, we, if we can use your recipe, we want to. We want to really put together this really cool. We've got a bunch. We're working on it. We're, we're starting to experiment and, and get that cookbook uh, out there. It's going to be great for Christmas or Fourth of July. Arbor Day. Who, who doesn't love a good Arbor Day celebration? Uh, I cannot wait to try this. Do you know how expensive Velveeta is? As a matter of fact, I do because th- this week... I bought my first block of Velveeta cheese that I probably I have in, in years because uh, Fingers Malloy Sr., 82 years young, uh, told me that I have to have Velveeta cheese if I'm making grilled cheese sandwiches because grilled cheese sandwiches are the best if you use Velveeta. What do I know? I figured, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it the old college try. Uh, but, uh, you know, Velveeta, for the most part, whenever I would use it, it would just be with, for dip. Have you ever... Done a grilled cheese with Velveeta? Have I ever eaten Velveeta in my life? No. What, have you ever made a grilled cheese with Velveeta? I've never had Velveeta. Stop it! I've never had Velveeta in my life. I've never oh, had Velveeta. You've had, you've had to have had it and never. How? You have had to have had it and not known. Unless I was at a, a Mexican dip. restaurant and queso came to the table, I have absolutely no idea. Sport? You go to a sports bar and have some sort of buffalo. I've never dip. purchased Velveeta okay. in my life. Velveeta for a pound is is over five bucks, and I'm like, good on the Velveeta people. Oh, I was at the grocery store, and maybe it was more than a pound. It was the big brick. I didn't look to see, uh, you know, what size it was. All I know is it was a big brick, and it was like eight fifty. So eight fifty for a block of cheese. You can get a two pack of Velveeta, thirty two ounces total. Oh wait, it's two thirty two ounces. So it's wait no, it's it's. It's two pounds. It's 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 a thirty-two ounce two pack, and it's twenty-four dollars. And you can buy it on eBay, where I've never gone to buy food. Uh, what's wrong with you? I get all of my cheese on eBay. <laughs> it's 
2021. I bid on Grier all the time. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to do it. And uh, every, everyone swears. Everyone swears it's fantastic. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I was telling the kids about it, and they're like, we, we must have. So what are we, we dipping to- with? What are we going to do? Just chips. Wow, what else should, should we dip with? Jerky? That's a good idea. We have jerky. I happen to have some. Are, are we going to do it? Uh, the video in my intermittent fasting window where I can eat. Yes, we are. Oh, thank Guaranteed. God. Thank we God. We will do that for you. Speaking of things that you can't eat outside your window, McDonald's bringing back the seasonal uh, beverages starting in February. So this very month, they're bringing back the Shamrock Shake, ladies and gentlemen. One of the finest drinks imaginable. A something I do with my kids since they were like five. We would go and we started by just splitting a shamrock shake and now everyone could do their own or at least they could do their own and uh-huh. I can have a sip and say, all right, I'm done. Uh. It's so good. The shamrock shake from McDonald's is a, is a glory. And now in addition to the shamrock shake, they are doing the Oreo shamrock McFlurry. Yes. Yeah. I'm in. A hundred percent. That's perfect. But why do we have to do... Okay, I get the McRib uh, being a, a specialty item, but the Shamrock Shake should be year-round. It should be year-round. I can go to a Sonic or I can go to a Steak and Shake, and they got like 55 flavors of, of, of shakes. Uh, why can't I have my Shamrock Shake year-round, Tony? Making, Writing my congressman. <laughs> I don't. I don't honestly... I don't think they can handle something that big oh, right. and that important. <laughs> I really and truly don't. Uh, they, they like to make you wait, but I think February's weird. It's, it's a St. Patrick's Day. It's exactly what uh, Starbucks did by having their pumpkin spice come out way earlier than it normally did. It was like, okay, let's draw some people in. It's, it's, it's a easy, it's cheap heat, they would call it in the uh, wrestling business. You know, they're uh, already canceled the St. Patrick's Day Parade here yeah. in Indianapolis because of COVID. So get ready to not have St. Patrick's Day celebrations, which is a another just killer for the bar industry. But Shamrock Shakes might make up for it. Maybe. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The Sazerac rye is lovely. I've got it on the cube that that the ice is melted just the right amount. You still get that orange. You still get that vanilla. The spice is maybe a touch, uh, a touch reduced Sazerac is is a perfect way to start your rye adventure. It's just tremendous. Can we talk about how it's twenty six dollars a bottle too? Yes, because we oh. have we have reviewed uh, bourbons and and ryes that have been a hundred dollars a bottle. To be able to get something that tastes this good at twenty six dollars a bottle, you need to jump on it. It's very very good, yeah, especially is- at that price. This is just as as perfect a start to your rye experience and absolutely should be in your liquor cabinet. And everyone's everyone is going to to love it. Pairing it with the God of Fire, the Siri B, the Maduro, which we're into that final third. And so many times when you're in the final third of a cigar, that's when it really starts getting strong. And this is a, certainly a full-bodied cigar, the God of Fire, Siri B, Arturo Fuente. 
I'm not getting I'm not getting overwhelmed. I'm very glad we did the V cut, right? It's got that tapered uh, cap and, and did the V cut, so it didn't have to reduce the size of the cigar at, at all. Uh, and wanted to make sure because it was a, a diadema, a, a perfecto style, right, where it tapers down at the foot. Wanted to make sure that draw was easy. The draw has been perfect. The construction has been extraordinary. I have touched it up one and a half times in in the ninety minutes. We've been smoking this thing more than 90 minutes. Yeah. Could not be happier with how it's holding up. Flavor-wise, I enjoy it tremendously. I think there are other cigars that have more flavors that I, I kind of like, but there's just so many good things happening here and happening in a really well-balanced way. And again, at $25 a stick may not be something that you would have in your humidor, but coming to a, a you know, your, your cigar lounge and, and trying it, uh, I, I definitely would recommend it. I did have a little bit of a problem with the draw, but all I did was give it a little pinch at the cap, felt a little snap, and then everything just opened right back up again. And it happens sometimes, right? Sometimes they're rolled a little tight. There's going to be a humidification issue. Uh, your thumb and, and, and your finger, you just roll it a, a little bit, kind of pinch it down. Don't go too hard because you don't want it to right. crack, right? You don't want to do anything like that, but you just want to make some of that move, and sometimes that's all it takes for things just to open up and really get that draw to work, right? That's how you you inhale. But remember, you're not inhaling into the lungs, just into the mouth. It's all about toasting the palate, every bit of it. This is a cigar you smoke to build your palate. What are flavors of a cigar? God of Fire is a great, great example of a cigar you want to do to be able to say, okay, now I understand why people smoke these cigars. It's, it's, it's almost a, a bit of kind of like graduating into... Let's see what what I can handle. Let's see what I can learn and build here. And I think they just do it great. This is this is absolutely absolutely fantastic. It's time for news of the week, Fingers Malloy. Tony, we're drinking a lot more. Are we? Yes, as Us? a nation. Well, oh, as a nation, as a nation, and especially top shelf booze. Uh, the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. Is that a thing? Apparently, it's a thing. Love those Says people. that spirit sales bumped. Uh, up uh, just 1.3% and now stand at 39% of total beverage alcohol of the beverage, uh, beverage alcohol market. But the real boost was in fancy stuff. The high-end premium products jumped over 7%, while the super high-end premium products jumped up almost 13%. When you're not going out to dinner, you can afford more of the drink. Mm-hmm. And people said, I'm home. And this is what they did. And... I only hope they felt they got value out of it. There's nothing worse than spending big money and being like, eh, right? That's always the thing with wine. People spend $50, $60, $70 on a bottle of wine where there's an $8 bottle that does you just as well. Sometimes the money does matter for sure. I I love it. I I think that's fantastic. And and it's been, it's been for everything that they've lost, these distributors and and these, these manufacturers, these distillers. Uh, from the you know from the restaurant side to be able to pick it up on this side has at least been some consolation. Well, I think you're being a little humble here, too, oh, Tony, because I need to get in touch with my contact over at the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States because they didn't take into effect uh, uh, the eat, drink, smoke impact. The oh, fact please. that we went national last year and then all of a sudden these high end super premium uh, products in the spirits uh, industry they they the, the sales went through the roof i think it's directly because of this show one of the interesting things in the, in this piece which is from the takeout.com cognac is up 21% that's a uh, 
someone decided, you know what? While we've got time, <laughs> cognac is the way to go. That's crazy. I good. <laughs> what? What's the joke that you're going to regret? Well, no, no. I, my, I listen. In my early twenties, I worked in a factory, and one of the guys. Uh, who was almost 60, said, I'm going to take you out for, for drinks. We're going to go drinking. I said, okay, where are we going to go drinking? And he said, don't worry about it. And so he, he, he bought a bottle of cognac and took me to a parking lot um, to where apparently like this was a place where like uh, on Saturday night, like really cool cars would drive by down the street. So we were watching these cars drive down the street, drinking in his car, cognac and Pepsi. <laughs> See... That's great just for the story. <laughs> cognac and Pepsi. How is cognac and Pepsi? Uh, well, it's it, a takeoff on the Laverne. It was Crystal Pepsi. Um, <laughs> and, I, I, and I looked at him. And I, I said, it's a, you know, Gary, uh, where's the diet slice? <laughs> I don't remember. All yeah. I do, I do remember. Uh, leaving and he dropped me off at uh, a bar that I bartended at at the time too in my spare time and I had a cup coffee cup and the bouncer looked at me as I was walking with my coffee cup of Pepsi and cognac and he said what what is that and I said oh, it's it's coffee he goes I could smell that from eight <laughs> feet away go in fine <laughs> so <laughs> fun times the, the the 90s were a simpler time tony i'm just I, i'm happy to see people trying new cool good things what else you got speaking of cool things tony you ever had a liquor cake i don't know what a liquor cake is so i'll go to knoxville for this there's a place called lulu's liquor cakes uh they started developing cakes uh with liquor in them they at first, they, they started out with cupcakes, and they would put a shot of liquor in the middle of the cupcake, and they admitted it was a, uh, a little bit of a mess. Uh, but then they moved on because they, while they were a mess, they became popular. So now they're filling 108-ounce glass jars with liquor-infused cake layered with frosting cake, frosting cake, and liquor. And they sold out very quickly. So apparently this is a special thing for Valentine's Day that Lulu's cakes uh, in Knoxville, outside of Knoxville, uh, that they're doing this. But have you have you ever done this before? Have you ever had any kind of food or dessert that was infused with with alcohol? Well, I mean, I've had desserts that have that have alcohol, mm-hmm. but I, I've never I, I don't think I've had something that's specifically got like 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 an alcohol bomb <laughs> to it. I mean, you it's only I mean? seven, $7 for an eight-ounce jar of liquor cake. Full cakes, apparently, you can get one. Wait, it's a jar? Yeah, it's an eight-ounce eight jar. For the people listening on WRKQ in Madisonville, which is just outside of, of Knoxville, if you've ever been, now I want to know. Because, like, do they, do they deliver? Like, can they, if we order it, will they, will they, will they send us some? Well, it's uh, apparently they sell a lot of these out of a micro van, Tony. So, okay, now, <laughs> now I have questions. Everything keeps getting better. About so, this Lulu's story. Liquor Cakes is the name of the place in Knoxville. If you've ever been there, you got you got to tell us. And if you if 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 someone can get in touch with Lulu, is 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 that her name? Is her is her name Lulu? Laura. Laura. Laura Larue. Larue is is her name. Uh, we we want to know. I want to try this. Sounds like fun. 
I like the idea of cake in a jar. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes, it's convenient. I've always wanted to eat a jar of cake. Now I could fulfill two dreams. <laughs> no, I'm in. I'm in. We're ready to buy. This is Eat Drink Smoke. So I should be a little more clear in my Madisonville is near Knoxville. Madisonville is halfway between Knoxville and Chattanooga, basically. We've all been halfway between Chattanooga and Knoxville in our lives at one point, haven't we? Eat, drink, smoke, Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy right there. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already listening. uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Check it out uh, for yourself more and more especially in a coronavirus world, how you treat customers in your business is going to determine whether or not they come back. Creating brand loyalty, keeping brand loyalty, keeping that up is not easy. And it's so strange that you have to work so hard to get it and it's so quickly gone if there's even one mistake. Restaurantbusinessonline.com with a list of the five uh, restaurants that did the best in getting customers to say, yes, I'm treated well. I'm treated with respect. Now, I will tell you that I don't know how much I trust the list because Chick-fil-A is not in the top five. Mm. But this is more... See, there are some quick serve places on here, but it's also a little more sit-down, so maybe there's a reason for it. And I'll, let me go through the, the list. Uh, the, the, the fifth, 88.9% of consumers saying they got treated great. It was a tie between Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and Mimi's Cafe. Now, Mimi's Cafe is, uh, they call it a bistro bakery uh, concept. It's got of a, of a New Orleans ki- kind of feel to it. Uh, they actually do great work. Uh, I, I, th- where I used to live in, in Tampa Bay, they did breakfast as well. Lunch and dinner, good sandwiches, good burgers, uh, th- some very, very good baked goods. Really, really nice uh, food. And Ruth's Chris, I have never, ever had a bad experience at a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Never once, never ever. I think they do a spectacularly good steak. Well, what amazes me about that is, you know, we've had discussions before uh, about chains, and you've said that you really try to avoid chain restaurants. Uh, but it, Ruth's Chris is, is one of those places that you ignore that. Four hundred percent an exception, right? Yeah. As, as a steakhouse, I think they have an unbelievably good style. They have a training that is serious and legit. Uh, you know, people don't think of Ruth's Chris as a regulars kind of place. They think of it as a special occasion kind of place, a birthday, an anniversary, a, a, a thing like that. There are people who are absolutely regulars at Ruth's Chris. Now, maybe they've got a couple more bucks to spend, but the way Ruth's Chris works at making sure that those regulars feel at home and feel that they're getting a value of a very personal touch, uh, they're extremely good at it. Extre- everything I've ever noticed extremely good at, at making that happen. Just a little bit higher, 89.1% was five guys. So that's where, like, how is Chick-fil-A not on on, on, right. on this list? Um, I've had fine experiences at Five Guys. It's not a place I, I, I go to. Do you, are you a Five Guys oh, guy? I, I love Five Guys, but I don't like eating there. That doesn't make any sense at all. Eating inside, I mean. What's I don't like the, eating in. You don't like the I like, I like getting the food and getting out of there and taking it back home because... It's one of those places uh, where it's really hard for them to keep everything clean. <laughs> you know, you go to sit on a table. I mean, because you grab your food, you take it to a table, you bust your own table, you clean up after yourself. And unfortunately, 
uh, a lot of our fellow human beings out there don't do a, a very good job of cleaning up after themselves. So uh, that's the only thing I've got against Five Guys. So I they're think so they've got, busy, they don't get to the tables yeah, to bust I, fast enough. Yeah, but uh, I mean, their French fries are very good. They've got the natural cut fries. Uh, if we were going to include them in the conversation for, say, best fast food burger... But I, I wouldn't really call them a fast food joint. To me, anyway, my criteria is you got to have a drive-through window to really be considered. And maybe fast that's why food. they're on this list. Sorry, maybe that's a be- that's a good way to describe it. Uh, but I, to me, I think they make they're probably top two as far as like fat for burgers at really? a chain burger place. I I think that they do a fantastic job with their burgers. Third on the list, eighty-nine point seven percent is first watch. Now that's a breakfast concept that I've only been at once or twice. Nothing against it, right? Le Peep is a breakfast concept like this. For breakfast, I like the local places. Yeah. You're right. I, 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 that's what I want to, to frequent, and that's what I do frequent. There's a, there's a reason for places like First Watch, and, and they do a fine job. For the few times I've been there, I never had a problem, but I can't comment to it. Which brings us to number two. Um, is a coffee chain called Dutch Brothers Coffee. 91.7% of people think that this treats them with respect. So again, quick serve is on here. Notice Starbucks is not on, <laughs> on, on this list. I think it's interesting that there are more growing coffee places that are getting of size. There is a coffee house, if you, if you will, um, dr- mostly drive through locations called Eliano's. And when we drive to Florida to visit my Mm mother-in-law, and my parents are are in Atlanta, we stop there, spend a couple days, we head down. As we head down from Atlanta, and we're heading to Tampa Bay, we stop in Lake City every time. We did this once by accident, and there is a coffee place called Eliano's, Eliano's Eliano's.com, which I'm telling you is the second best cup of coffee I've ever had in my entire life. And the first cup is actually here in Indianapolis. There is a brilliant coffee scene in Indy. There's this whole history of Indianapolis as this this, this place where things got shipped out from. So things were happening in other parts of the country. They would get shipped to Indianapolis, and the downtown was known as the warehouse district. And things would then go out from there. And I think it has to do with remnants from that. There are spectacular coffee roasters all across Indy. The idea of going to a chain place except for a Dunkin' Donuts just because it's it's easy. Oh, it's spectacular. But Eliano's, guys, if you're if you know Eliano's, if you are Eliano's, brilliant. Brilliant. And never had a bad experience, and I think they're unbelievably helpful folk. Well, I'm a transplant. I, I, I just figured uh, the other day it hit me. I've I've been in Indianapolis now almost twenty one years. Uh, you're not originally from here. The one thing that really surprised me when I moved here and you brought up the coffee scene. This is such a good foodie town. It's nuts. Now, for years, Indianapolis was the place that chain restaurants tested their wares because that's all people did. That was that was the take. And if you could make it in Indianapolis, you could make it anywhere. Over the past 20 years, the amount of restaurants, the amount of food scene, the amount of growth, not only in, in full restaurants, that coffee scene... The bakery scene here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is stupendous. Uh, uh, Gwen, who runs Cake Bake Shop, I mean, you're talking about spending $17 on a slice of cake, and it's worth the experience. Cindy Hawkins of Circle City Suites, who we've had on the show, might be one of the best bakers I've ever, ever met. The croissants, the macarons, the the the, 
the the cookies. There's so much good, and part of it is Indianapolis is affordable. Yes, right. And so you'll find people who can no longer be in New York, be in Chicago, be in LA. And so they need to find other places that are growing markets with people who have a willingness to spend a little bit and have a discernment for something valuable. And we're, we're beneficiaries, huge beneficiaries. Uh, the number one on this list from restaurantbusinessonline.com, 92.3% of customers say they got treated with respect, is Cracker Barrel. I believe it. Yeah. I've only been to a Cracker Barrel maybe twice in my life. But it was a good experience. Yeah. And absolutely, I don't know if it was... The best food, but what, what does that matter? It's comfort food, Tony. It really is. Well, I, I could tell you one restaurant that I'm glad is not on this list, and that's Dick's Last Resort. <laughs> the staff is rude. I went in there one time wearing a tie. They cut my tie off, and the <laughs> wings were okay. <laughs> uh, the first time I went into a, a Dick's Last Resort... I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and uh, the server shows up, throws the napkins on the table, <laughs> says, what do you want? Yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, that's their whole shtick. Is the, <laughs> the staff is purposely rude. They, they will cut neckties off. It's, it, 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 it's fun. Bring the kids. Yes. No, really. It's spectacular. Uh, the God of Fire, Siri B. I have finished the cigar. I am impressed. I am happy. $25 a stick. Okay. Every now and again, you win. There's a lot of good happening here. And only at this very final bit of the third is it bringing the strength. And the Sazerac Rye, I'm done. I finished it. $25, $26 a bottle. You better believe that's in your liquor cabinet. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.